good and angry for the show? Good and angry. <laughs> Make it, that makes it better. Does it sometimes? No, no, it doesn't. Okay. We is it working? Do I need to? Everything good? Uh, we are already recording. Mm, okay. Welcome to Heating Up, a podcast about climate change, our dangerous future, and what you can do about it. I'm Corinne. I'm Derek, and this is our podcast. Yeah, the third best climate change related podcast based in the Sacramento area. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Hard to say. During the pandemic, so many new podcasts, we can't keep track of how many climate disaster podcasts there are. There are at least, there is at least one other leftist prepper podcast. Well, it's not lose listeners to yeah. the better one. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You <laughs> could to... <laughs> Google it yourself in one second. Yeah, they're definitely higher than us on the... Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This is ours and we like it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Corinne, lots of stuff has happened since our last podcast. Yeah. We recorded the day before there was almost a coup. In the country, I think. Something Whatever like that. that was. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about... I please not too much. Not too much. Okay. I feel like at this point, we're now like two weeks behind it. The inauguration is tomorrow. Uh, it seems like smarter people have said a lot more about it. It's definitely <laughs> a concerning thing for me. Like, it's definitely a thing that like I've read quite a bit about. And uh, I definitely don't think it's a good sign, <laughs> but yeah. I don't think I have anything really to add to the conversation. Nothing about new. It. Yeah, nothing. Nothing particularly intelligent. Take. No. I certainly don't have any good jokes about it. If I had a good joke, I would want to bring I mean, it there was the guy that killed himself by tasing himself in the genitals until he had a heart attack. But even still, I find it hard to make fun of that. Because he died, huh? Yeah, well, he died, and then they beat a police officer to death, and... That thin blue line was even thinner than we expected. Yeah. Well, considering there were police officers on both sides of it, uh, we're finding out now in the aftermath as they're arresting everyone was there. I guess the funny, funny, not so haha, but funny as in, that's ironic, I guess, maybe. It's not a good use of ironic. But all of the people that were there, nobody was wearing masks, and so it was really easy to identify them yeah. on social media. And where they're finding police officers from all around the country that were involved in it, and they're being fired... Because it's okay to go to a protest. You can express your, uh, you know, right to free speech anytime you want. But you break into the Capitol. That's uh, blatant criminal activity. So you can't do that if you're a police officer. I guess you yeah. can, can if you don't get caught on social media. But if you wore a mask, a maybe. One. Yeah, exactly. That's the other point. Uh, and I think that's where we'll go with that, Corinne. Uh, moving on to okay. other things. How have you been over the last two weeks? Hmm. Been... Not good, you no. know? <laughs> it's if been I'm... a terrible, terrible 2021. Uh, I hate to have been the one to predict that 2021 would be worse than 2020. Listen, I've been having bad years since like 20, since 1998, mm. yeah, when... <laughs> yeah, right? Since like, like about then, it's been one bad year after another. Um, so a fresh new hell awaits me every day. Uh but, we um, have less than 24 hours to go in the Trump presidency right now, Karen. I know, but I don't so, get to see the inauguration because I'm going to be at work. Neither does How VT. Ever? However, I am absolutely bringing. I did absolutely buy out every single last pastry, a Danish at Freeport Bakery today. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to yeah. hand it to every single Trump, Trump lover. That and I there work are with. many. And I am going to. And they're going to take it because yeah. they're really good. They are good. So, yeah, like I'm pretty happy about that. That's good plans. It's good to have goals. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like it's a coming together. It's a peace offering. Listen, you lost. Screw you. Here's a pastry. Let's all be fat. 
All right. Anything else going on with you this uh, past couple of weeks? Anything worth mentioning on the podcast? I'm a little. I'm a little. I've, I'm tired of it. I can't, I don't even want to keep up with the news. It's tough, but we have got a lot of it. Please so, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get into I it. I thought you were going to say maybe we're going light on the news this week. Nope. No. Big on the news. We're not even going to get into the the January 6th riot, insurrection, whatever you want to call did, it. We did. A little kinda. bit. We're not, not going to be in the news. Okay. We've got too much other news. Too much other disasters. We do have some good news spread around in it. I'm concerned that some of the writing on your paperwork is at like nine point font. Yeah, it's, it's a little, uh, little messy over here. But. Seen a real thick stack of paperwork, but right. that's okay. That's... Let me know. You need to take a, a swig of your diet, water. So I yeah, can't you can't even, even get your Pepsi. Oh God, I've been eating sugar-free pudding. Oh God. Okay. All right, and we're off. Welcome to the news, Karen. Wait a minute. What's going on with you? Nothing. No. Okay. Nothing. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. Great. Okay, good. All right, so Mm, you know the year is going on to a great start when the city of Los Angeles has lifted the restrictions on how many corpses you can burn in a day. Hmm. So, little known fact, uh, crematoriums burn bodies, right? And those bodies release generally some toxic stuff because we put like mercury in our teeth and all sorts of crazy things and so when you burn all that it releases things that the epa doesn't want in the atmosphere so generally speaking most large cities have like a limit on how many bodies every you know funeral home can burn okay but there's this is a the one backlog we're starting with yes we're going to just peel that band-aid right <laughs> off okay all right okay yeah but because so many people have died from covid in la county there is a backlog of bodies Crematoriums are like renting refrigerated trucks just to store people in until they can get to the burning. And so in an effort to get rid of that problem, they are just, they have said, all right, you know what? Temporarily, you can just keep burning (laughs) 24-7. So that's a great place to start with the coronavirus news right now. now, Definitely going great. So now LA is going to smell like burning flesh? I guess it already smells bad, right? It already smells like human feces, suffering, and sadness. But now we're adding burned bodies. Okay. Well, I guess they were always there. I mean, in but theory, like people are constantly many. being burned everywhere, but more that, than before. You might smell it now, is what I'm saying. You know, not if you're indoors. you got a good uh, HEPA filter, because, you know, it's a year <sighs> into the quarantine. Okay, great. But in Washington State, there is uh, now a new way to dispose of bodies. Oh, this like the new had a new mouse trap sort of the situation. There's a new way to dispose of a body. I really well, didn't think there was that guess, many options. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not a new way. It's a it's a more natural way. So we're gonna move away from coronavirus. We'll come back to some other coronavirus oh, stories later. Don't worry about it. But this next news story, Corinne, since we're on the topic of disposing of dead bodies, uh-huh. feels like a apt topic for the week. In 2019, Governor Jay Inslee signed legalization, making Washington the first state to approve composting as an alternative to burying or cremating human remains. Okay. Uh, Advocates say this is a greener alternative to cremation. It's also the only legal way for Washingtonians to be laid to rest on their own property. So, you know, if you ever want to be buried in your, like, if you own, like, a couple of acres of farmland and you want to be buried on your property. That is not a world I can imagine, but sure. Yeah, you know, you've got your horse ranch. Okay. And you're you're out there in Spokane and... Yeah, or or just your apartment 
just just, <laughs> just under the patio. And more likely just to die and rot there yeah. than become part like of mummified it. Mummified. Yeah, <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, but either way. No, work would miss me immediately. So now multiple places in Washington are set up to compost a human body. Basically, you take your body and they put it into a bin. It's like uh, it's like the tumbler uh, that I have outside for compost. This sounds really Only gross. big. Yeah, you put it in there with about 200 pounds of wood chips and some like fungus and microbes just to heat it up a little better turn it and a couple of weeks later you get and where's the quote here uh you'll have quote four 55 gallon drums full of usable compost so you know gonna turn dear old grandma into a couple of 55 gallon oil drums worth why of are uh, we, compost. why are we using the compost for what what are we who's gonna want to eat anything from that i don't think most people are planting gardens what are it, they doing with this compost you can put it on anything on what your grass your who's gonna want a dead person compost at that point it's indistinguishable from other people's compost how long does it take a human body to compost this thing about a month oh wow that's don't tell the serial killers about this, because this is... Well, I feel like they already know how to get rid of a body. <laughs> Some of them. The ones that are, haven't been caught, I guess. Successful ones. Either way, maybe that's a story that'll become more relevant are as 2021 more... goes along. How many more, like, body-destroying... That's the only other body-destroying <laughs> story we have today. It was two in a row! It was two in a row. The first two, out of the gates. All right. Do you want to get back to Corona right now, or do you want to go to some uh, other things? Do you have any, like, what are your air, like, breathers? You got any breathers in there? Or? I got a good story. So, Joe, as we said a little bit already, Joe Biden will formally become president tomorrow afternoon, assuming there isn't yet another coup or whatever. Well, one would hope we've planned for this one. Uh, we were definitely in better shape this okay, time. Okay. Although they did have to, like, vet all of the Army Reserve or whatever that we're going to be guarding. Yeah, I did hear that. Is that true? Totally perfect normal America. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, either way, uh, w- one thing that Joe Biden has said he will do, like, was one of his very first acts in uh, as president, is essentially veto, sorry, use an executive action to uh, block the permit for the $9 billion Keystone XL pipeline. That's actually really impressive. It is good. I mean, Obama did it at the end of his final term, mm-hmm. and then Trump immediately overturned it yes. when he became president. And yeah. so Biden is going to roll back and say, yep, we're nope, going back to nosies. Nosies. So, I mean, that's good, right? Yes. Like, uh, you know, say what you will. That's one of those things where, like, you can point to, because there's a lot of nihilists, a lot of people who are like, oh, Democrats, Republicans, they're all exactly the same. There's no difference. It doesn't matter. I'm like, no, this is a, a, a significant difference here. Keystone Pipeline is a big deal. It's worth it. Uh, you know, it, it, we can celebrate the victories. Is it, you know, going to end tar sands? No, but it's uh, good. It's good that this pipeline will not be built. So that's a I think solid we win. we can celebrate that. Yeah, we're going to call it a win. Okay, good. I think I needed that. And also, I think you don't have any soda in here, do you? I got or, plenty of soda. Okay, I'm just going to have one. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, we're back. Corinne has gotten her Coke, and uh, are we I'm ready? I'm putting it in my Weight Watchers app. Don't worry. Right. I'm going to count it. Oh, God, right when it hits. <laughs> so good when it hits your lips. It, it's just like that, but like my body just is like, oh, yeah. That's, That's what, what I've been missing this whole, you know why you <laughs> felt bad this whole time? One sip. One sip. <laughs> and I feel like at least 30% better. All right. Well, I'm just going to do this instead of cake at Dad's birthday. It was freaking German chocolate anyway. Who wants that? All right. Anyways, Corinne, are you ready to move on? 
much more now. So. All right. So back to the coronavirus. Great. We've got two coronavirus stories to talk about. You know about what? Today. I just have not heard enough about this this year. I, I just, know. I'm not. I don't really know what is it exactly. Well, or? I guess we've got. I guess there's three, honestly, to talk about. So, like, the first one is now we are getting, we mentioned it a little bit before, but the variants of the coronavirus, the more uh, easily transmittable Mm -hmm. coronavirus is starting to make its way to the U.S. It's already had a huge impact in uh, across the the globe, U.K., South Africa, Brazil, and, of course, it's here. Like, your risk of getting it is way higher, so people have to be really good about the protocols that we're all starting to get lax on. It's like now is the time to kind of button up those protocols. We've all, we've been in quarantine for a year. Everyone's sick of it. And you see people starting to, like, hang out a little more, starting to go to the grocery store when they don't really need to, starting to do little things that are going to be bigger risk now that we've, because we still don't have the vaccine rollout. We still don't have these other things. And, yeah, just, it's still here, guys. Don't forget. It sucks, but it's not time to buckle down our uh, protocols, not relax them. So I guess that's the first bit. So not even really a news story, just kind of a reminder, everybody. It sucks. Stay inside. I think, okay, I have sympathy, though, for the people who live by themselves, who have no interaction, work from home. I feel like it's not... I mean, and it's and it's endless. There's no like, okay, well, we have a plan, and we think things will be better in three months. Like the idea that it's like, I don't know when. It's indefinite. Just stay inside forever, and like I would freak out. Yeah, if that were it me. sucks, and we've had the, a terrible national strategy. Hopefully, the Biden administration is rolling out a better, more comprehensive plan. Yeah, but yeah, it is. I I get it. It's not fun. And yet, that's where we're at. Like, literally, Los Angeles has lifted the moratorium on burning corpses, guys. That's what's happening with coronavirus. So maybe we cool out. Everybody be cool. Yeah. Anyways, two other coronavirus-related stories. Speaking of the vaccine, right? Uh Because that's the, like, ultimate kind of everyone's like, all right, once we get everybody vaccinated, then we can go back to Coachella or whatever, right? Okay. No, let's just take this as a time to cancel Coachella. No, I don't care. Let them do that. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, there is some problems with the vaccine rollout. Not the vaccine itself, but with the rollout. Okay. So the one of the emerging stories that we're going to be hearing a lot about as the months come up is people's hesitancy to get the vaccine. Which I've seen is very true. Yeah, even from frontline workers. Yeah. So uh, up to 40% of frontline workers in L.A. County have refused to get the vaccine that was been made available to them, right? Another study showed that 60% of home health care workers in Ohio are refusing to have the vaccine. In New York, a December survey of firefighters suggested that 55% of them would not get the vaccine if, if they were offered it that day. Hmm. So, like, if they this were offered a, that that day, though, that implies sure. they wanted to go home, maybe talk to their Sure. Spouse. These are not your like hardcore anti-vaxxers. This is yeah. the thing. Like a lot of these are healthcare professionals. They're nurses. They've had vaccines before. They will plan on getting vaccines in the future. They're just hesitant about this one because of the newness of it. Because it was so quick to get right. out there. Because they're pushing it so hard. Yeah. They say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And in a lot of cases, there's a racial pr- component coming on here. In a Pew study in mid-November. It reported that 83% of Asian Americans said they would get the vaccine if it was available that day. Only 63% of Hispanic people and 61% of white people said the same. But just 42% of black people said they were willing to get the vaccine right away. Hmm. And this has because of the legacy of 
things like the Tuskegee experiment and the way in which people of color have been used as guinea pigs in scientific experiments mm -hmm. in the past, which is a terrible, uh, you know, historical precedent for this, but they're not wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So these aren't people that are like, you're crazy, you know, vaccines are terrible, they're giving my kid autism people. These are generally smart people who have a little bit of concern. And I'll admit, when they first started rolling out the vaccine months ago, I was like, well, let me let me make sure this is <laughs> let me okay. Google it real yeah, quick. Yeah, <laughs> like when John Hopkins, uh, you know, said it was fine. When you know some scientific people, you know, when the medical researchers and stuff that I just trust that I you know, yeah. that I have a lot of faith Joe in. Joe Biden got yeah. the vaccine on when TV. When the American Doctors yeah. Association and whatever said it was fine, I'm like, okay, now I feel comfortable getting it. Mm -hmm. And so I think with a lot of these people, we can't just dismiss them as idiots I think you're or right. as, you know, like this is, oh, just anti-vax nonsense. We have to address their problems specifically and talk to them specifically and try and get them to take it because there is a bit of a peer pressure with it too. We've yeah. seen this happen as well. Once people start getting it, they see other people getting it and then it kind of builds its own momentum. But well, I think we're going to have a I think we're going to have a real problem when like 40 to 60% of the population in places doesn't want to get it. It's interesting though because it's like such an American thing to be like, "You want me to do something?" Absolutely not. And yeah. honestly, it's one of the things I kind of like about America. Get wrecked. Is yeah. people are like, "Excuse you, you're gonna tell me what? This is America. I'm free." You know. Yeah. So like to some level, I can understand that. But what I tell people uh, that I that I w work with who have the opportunity to get the vaccine and we're we're hesitant, I say, "Do you know how many rich people are flying in from all the countries all over the world to come get this thing?" The rich people want it. Did you know that? That's what they're they're dying for it. And then people are like, okay, yeah, they're not giving it to the people in the slums. The riches want it. Okay. Yeah. And so that to me was a, even convinced myself to some level. It's like rich people are flying in. Okay, I'll take it from those guys. Yeah, yeah. sure. One less for them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Sure. You could. Uh, you could. You could go spite. that way. Spite. Whatever happens, you know. All right. So either way, yeah. So that's going to be an interesting story going forward this year. Is how we deal with the severe hesitancy on a part of a large section of the population that isn't just like anti-vaccine yeah. end story. These are kind of your typical people. Yeah, these are people that have had other vaccines, don't have a problem with it, vaccinate their kids. And they might be willing to vaccinate their grandma, but maybe not themselves. Yeah. You know, they might be like, well, let's, uh, you know, or, or things like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out, I think, over the next few months. And that's going to largely determine whether or not or whenever we get off of lockdown. Yeah. Uh, the next story is maybe not as uh, good. <laughs> but also, <laughs> that was the good That one? was the good COVID story. Uh. This is the bad COVID oh, story. Oh, no. Okay. So we have been in lockdown for quite some time, as you know, mm -hmm. and now we're starting to get some uh, stats about what's been going on during lockdown. Specifically, this is uh, statistics about how the enforcement of lockdown uh, procedures has gone in this country. Okay. So according to the COVID-19 Policing Project, uh, which reviews public information about enforcement of the many various COVID protocols around the country. Yeah. Uh, over the past six months, to no one's surprise, black people, indigenous people, and other people of color are two and a half times more likely to be policed and punished for violations of COVID-19 orders than white people. Okay. So, again, this is like a, another perfect example of how uh, disasters don't occur in a bubble, right? So, uh, already existing disparities in class and race uh, only make disasters worse. So, we already know, for example, that people of color are more likely to die from COVID, right? As many as four or five times more likely. And yet they're also more likely to be punished for not following COVID regulations. 
So you have African-American people who are also disproportionately represented in service industries and in healthcare. The people that are going to be, you know, working. Yeah, they're working. <laughs> they're also the going people, out there. They also are, you know, people of color are disproportionately overrepresented in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So these are quite literally the people saving all the rest of us. Yeah. And yet they're way more likely to be punished for violations, right? And it seems like anecdotally, we've kind of seen this evidence. Like, I don't know if you saw sure, the video. Like the Capitol versus Black Lives Matter. Well, that, that's not even, yeah. But I'm saying, like, we saw, like, the lady in New York. I don't know if you saw the mother that got body slammed when she wasn't wearing a mask in front I of her toddler. I did not see that, but I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, and there was the guy that got pulled off a bus in Philadelphia. Again, an African-American man. And so I've seen, like, videos of, like, crazy enforcement. Is that by enforcement citizens or by police? By police. Mm. But everyone I've ever seen in real life who's, like, not wearing a mask has been a white person. And there's been almost no consequences. Mm. And so it just seems like... Again, another example of, you know, we're all re- we are in a ra- very racist moment in America, uh, as all of them have been, I guess. And the, the, old as time. the enforcement of rules and procedures is disproportionate against people of color. And that's COVID protocols are no exception. It's just such an odd thing to be punished for, too. I mean, it's like, again, this is America. We don't follow rules. Yeah. Like, you know, we just we break them. We laugh at your rules. Uh, but if you have this opportunity to feel like you have the moral superiority, like, well, I'm t- they're a murderer by not wearing a mask. I'm going to go ahead and punish them. It's probably some poor soul having to work out there and maybe took his mask off or whatever. Yeah. Um, but... but yeah, according it, to The Guardian, black women were five times more likely to be punished uh, for a COVID-19 protocol violation than white women. I believe it. Which is insane. Yeah. That's our last COVID story, correct? I don't. I didn't even know what they were allowed to punish us for not following COVID rules. I, I mean, different was... places, different rules, and that's the thing. It was kind of across the country. Okay. Uh, but it's it's as much as like getting a fine, so a lot of people uh-huh. can be fined for it. Um, some people are thrown in jail for it, and again, jails. How do you go to jail for it? If this if it's a law, you can. If you're violating it, you can be taken to jail. All right, and we've got one last story, Corinne. Uh, about COVID? No, not about COVID. We're done uh, with one COVID. last story. One last story of news. Oh yeah, we're kind of done with the news. Let me double check. Why did I stop drinking soda again? This is so much more tolerable. <laughs> this story does not take into account the COVID nineteen crisis at all, okay. but it is also about LA County. I do hate LA. Yeah. Uh, so apparently does God, because <laughs> <laughs> Los okay. Angeles County is the riskiest county in the United States, according to a new Federal Emergency Management Agency, that's FEMA, uh, index, which considers 18 different kinds of natural disasters, from earthquakes, hurricanes, and tornadoes, to floods, volcanoes, and tsunamis. It makes complete sense. So this uh, this tool that they put out, FEMA does, is called the National Risk Index, Right. And it highlights all these places around the country. Every county is given a, a grade, basically, based not only on the likeliness of, uh, of any particular disaster occurring there, but also, like, the damage that could be caused by that disaster. Yeah. So major cities are going to have higher levels of, like, property damage and lives lost due to yes. the same disaster. Because mm-hmm. if you're in the middle of, like, you know, nowhere Wyoming and a tornado strikes... You could get the hell out of Dodge. Well, even then, like, if a tornado hit a random county in, like... The middle of nowhere. There's four houses. Right? Right There's four houses, right? <laughs> if a tornado hit New York City, it would be a catastrophe. Right. It would cause a lot of damage, but also like getting out of there is more difficult. Oh, sure. And then, of course, it also factors into like resilience. So like what's the poverty level in the area? Like how are people able to adapt to the disasters? How, you know, that sort of thing gets factored into this uh, risk index, right? 
So, yeah, Oklahoma is twice as likely to get tornadoes as New York City, like we said. But the damage potential is much higher in New York. So, New yeah. York, and people don't realize New York is technically capable of having tornadoes. They get them every year. And so, while a tornado hitting New York City is unlikely, it's still a disaster that, you know, over a long enough time frame will happen. Wait, New York or L.A.? I'm getting confused. New York. Oh, okay. But L.A., you know, L.A. is prone to earthquakes, floods, fires, all sorts of disasters. Right now, they got the Santa Ana winds coming in at like almost hurricane you know, speeds right now yeah, in parts yeah. of the state. So, you know, there's a lot of disasters there and there's a lot of income inequality and just a lot of damage that can be done. Uh, yeah, it's a really interesting tool and it kind of helps you figure out what your own personal risks might be. So I would recommend everybody take a look at it. It's available to look at. They've got a big old map and it literally color codes the entire country. And then you can click on each individual county yeah. and see what your risk is for any of those 18 disasters. Unfortunately, it doesn't really have like a catchy URL to go to. No. Um, yeah. So you just, I would type in FEMA National Risk Index into Google and then it'll pop up. Okay. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Did you uh, notice where Sacramento lived? I was going to say, yeah. Corinne, do you, you want to guess? Uh, we're going to be high, but not the highest. We're pretty high nationally. Uh, what, 55? 55 what? Of the 55th worst percentile or just of all of the counties in the world? I thought this was listed like well, who it does was the have most. List them, but there's like 100,000 counties in the U.S. I well, don't know. Well, that's crazy high. I thought that'd be a good Okay, answer. well, I don't know what number it is particular. It's the 97th percentile. So yeah, it's probably top 50. Yeah, that's so, bad. So 97th percentile, but statewide, it's only in the 75th percentile. So California itself is pretty screwed. As we all know, it'll eventually fall into the ocean. I love it here, though. Um, I'd rather be dead in California than alive in Nevada, right? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but uh, a couple of factors really kind of like spiked it for Sacramento, I think. Like, obviously, We're flooding the is a big of deal. Two rivers. Yeah. Uh, fires are an issue here, like air quality from smoke or whatever. Every year, we have to stay inside for like two weeks now or more now. Yeah. Um, but like, there's the potential for an earthquake here, even sure. though it's very low. If there were a major earthquake that hit, which isn't out, again, out of the realm of possibility. We have earthquakes. It, it would be a disaster. So we normally only get very small ones here, but a big one could come. Nobody knows. Right. So uh, that uh, the risk for that was really high. So yeah, anyways, I thought it was interesting to look at. So everybody can kind of check out where their risk is and kind of recommit to getting ready for natural disasters. So even if climate change wasn't tipping the scale on these disasters, you're already at risk. Great. <laughs> End of news. Thank you. Unless we want to talk about, uh, did you hear what Elon Musk said the other day? I don't. Listen we we to always Elon Musk. we definitely have Elon Musk updates on this What'd podcast. What that little bastard say? Uh, he said he wants to, or he's planning on getting humans to Mars by like 2026. Oh, thank God, because that's what we really need. That's fine. He's solving he still the problems make... we have here today. What I find insane about this, first off, is the date is so close. Like he's about to test three rockets. Uh, that are going to go up high in the atmosphere. The 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 thing to Mars is going to have to have thirty. But regardless of all of like that, it's like he still can't actually deliver on a you know mid tier economical car. Rocket. Yeah. Well, he wanted to make like a, a like a, a, an econ battery operated solar car or whatever. Still hasn't happened. But yeah, we're definitely getting to Mars in a couple of years. Don't worry about it. How we're going to get back? Any of those things. Don't I hate that guy. Don't go. Just fly over it. So Elon's going to save us. So. I hate Elon. Who named him that, too? Oh, I guess he's from South Africa. Yeah, some racist in South Africa. 
<laughs> That's right. I forgot. I forgot. He's not American. He's horrible. Not even ours. Good. Yeah. All right. That okay. is the end of it. Thank God. <laughs> All right, Corinne. Uh, for our prepping segment today, because we have gone a little long on the news, uh-huh. and we're all a little sick of things. <laughs> a little things, tired of it. We were going to start our flooding uh, preparedness stuff today. Okay. We can still do that. Mm-hmm. Or Uh-oh. you can pick option B. What is option B? Option B harkens back to the old days of the Heating Up podcast, uh-huh. where we test things on Corinne for my amusement. Option B. Option course. B. All right. So what we are going to do today is survival food roulette. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to need another soda. (laughs) Corinne, we've talked quite a bit about how we need to get our pantry uh, up and going. Okay. Right? And how you need to store at least two weeks worth of food that you can cook without, you know, power in your Uh home. And there are multiple options for this. We've always suggested the best option would be Freeze-dried food, dehydrated, freeze-dried, sealed food, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They store for a long, long time. It's just heat up water, pour it in a bucket normally. This is the kind of stuff you would normally eat when you're out backpacking, kind of. Yeah. Um, but there are other options available. We've discussed them. Uh, some of the most common options are MREs, right? The military-style right. meals ready to eat. Uh-huh. And then there are also the survival, like, bricks, right? The protein bricks, Right? Those sound delicious. Well, I have in front of us, Corinne. <laughs> I saw some of this. A MRE. Uh-huh. This one is pasta with garden vegetables in tomato sauce. Gross. I have... That looks really bad. <laughs> a very re- remarkably heavy SOS rations bar. So this is the survival bars. That looks really this bad. This is a super dense shortbread flavored bar that has 410 calories for this tiny stick. It looks like... Like the size, a little bit bigger than like one of those little wafer sticks, you know, but it feels really dense. The package itself makes it look like it's got some sort of lithium battery in it. Well, the package is <laughs> vacuum sealed to within, you know, a micro inch of its life here. But uh, I'm willing to open this up so that you could try it. Gross. And we also have a freeze dried meal. This is a backpacker's pantry, Three Sisters stew. Uh, mm-hmm. survival food. Three sisters as in that range I think, in like, Montana? Corn, beans, and squash. Okay. But uh, freeze-dried packaged food, MRE, and the SOS ration bar. And we're going to get out a dice, and we're going to roll it. And I got to eat one of them? And you're going to have to eat God, one of them. God, don't let it be the rations bar. Please don't let it be the rations bar. So let's get a dice out here. How do, we, how do we determine? Okay. MJ, I need a six-sided dice. All right, so we're going to get a six-sided die, and if it's one or two, it'll be the ration bar. If it's a three or a four, it's the MRE, or a five and a six, it's the backpacker's pantry. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to cook it according to... I'm going to? Well, yeah. According to package directions. Now I'm hoping for the ration bar. The ration bar requires the least amount of prep, for sure. And then you're going to eat it and describe it okay. on the radio here MJ today. MJ has quite a collection of six-sided dice. No, it's not just six-sided. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, Auntie, you can uh, roll that die. It is very pretty looking. And uh, what are we going to do here today? A six. Okay. That's All right. Three that sisters is the three two. sisters stew. So, you want to tell us what we have to do to get this thing ready? Answer, Directions. Answer. Remove and discard enclosed oxygen absorber. Add two and a quarter cups of boiling water. Stir well. Seal and let sit for 15 to 20 minutes. Stir and serve. Enjoy. So what we need to do is boil some water. So again, one of the nice things about the freeze-dried meals is you literally just have to boil water 
pour it in, and then you can eat it. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. It is super lightweight as well. Yeah, it is uh, When you compare light, it to... Compact. So she's got a packet of it. They come sold... You can buy them at REI. Just they have like a wall of different flavors. Yeah. And that's, I think, where this one came from, actually. Uh, but it's very light. So this thing is 410 calories per serving, 14 grams two of servings. protein, two servings in the packet. So one packet of these is, what, 820 calories. Yep. That's a pretty decent chunk of your daily calories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it weighs seven and a half ounces. So pretty light, really, all things considered. The SOS bars, which we talked about, right? These things are very calorically dense, but they're also a little heavy. So one packet has nine bars in this case. Each bar is 410 calories. So two of these bars is one of these. Uh-huh. So this is like your entire day's worth of calories. Yeah. But it weighs uh, about a pound and a half, 1.6 For nine. Pounds. Yeah, but that's all of your day's food, which really isn't that bad when you get down to it. A little over a day's food, really. Gross. You could stretch that over two days if you needed to. And then the MRE, which uh, isn't the bulkiest of the three by far, and it is, let's see here, uh, a lot of calories. So this whole thing is 1,230 Whoa. calories, right? It's a day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very fattening. <laughs> You're get calories from on fat. a diet, perfect. 490 calories from fat out right. of that. And it weighs 14 and a half ounces. So it's like it's double the weight pound. of the backpacker's pantry. But it does have a significant number of more calories, mm. uh, which is, uh, you know, again, when we're talking about survival food, you're looking you want for calories. Yeah, you want bulk calories really more than anything. So this thing is definitely not something you want to eat every day. It has 46% of your daily sodium. Well, you know, I'm always trying to see if I can work more salt in my diet. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we're going to boil up some water and uh, try some stew for Away you. Away we go. We're back. Uh, it, thanks to the magic of radio, the magic of <laughs> We've sped up for time. We've uh, boiled two and a half cups of water, poured it into the bucket, waited 15 minutes, and now it is time to reap the whirlwind, Corinne. So why don't you tell us, what does it smell like? So we Actually, it smells pretty good. Let me. So it looks like a bowl of like rice. It definitely has like... It doesn't like... look stewy. It's supposed to be a stew, but it, it seems to have absorbed all the water. It looks just like a rice pilaf, but it's got beans in there. It's like a rice bowl or like, you know when you do stuffed bell peppers? Yeah. Kind of like that, but without the meat. It has a good smell to it. It yeah. smells like it's got reasonable amount of spice in there. I can smell spice. I can't determine what spice. Sure. But I see... <laughs> yeah. I'm looking from across the Black table. Black beans. I see corn... Looks rice. like a wild rice sort of mix Maybe or something. Maybe some sort of quinoa mix. Yeah, there's supposed there. to be uh, squash in there too. And I don't know. There's some if sort I can of de- either dehydrated or sun dried tomato yeah. in it. Okay. Um, it smells like they put effort into it. Yeah. To be fair. It does, it does smell good. I mean, it smells better than lots of things I've eaten in my life. I've <laughs> <laughs> eaten a lot of bad things. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's taste it, Corinne. What does it okay. taste like here? Let's try. I'm going to try and get a bite with a little bit of everything in it. It's a little warm. Here's some ASMR. Mm, not quite cooked. Not um, quite cooked. Okay, let me try. Um, but actually, flavor-wise, it's not bad. Not it's bad a, at all. It's a big enough serving, too. Like it tastes like something I would, if I was trying to be healthy, I would eat. Maybe it's really not bad. Yeah. So that was the yeah. Three. The rice is a little chewy, mm-hmm. but to be expected when you just kind of pour hot water into rice for a bit. <laughs> yeah, we didn't um, really. It's actually, I would edible. say that's not bad. If I were like hiking all day. And I ate that at the end of the day. It'd probably be like, oh, this is nice and warm and it's filling. It's filling for sure. I don't know if I could finish that whole bowl like today. Well, it's supposed to be two servings. Yeah. Oh. 
But yeah, like you said, it definitely would fill you up. I don't know if it's too like you said. If you had been hiking all day or doing strenuous activity, running from an earthquake, I think you'd be pretty. I'd, I'd be pretty happy I with that. I think that'd be a very filling one. Yeah. MJ. I liked it. Mm. MJ you. took a taste. She thought it was okay. So yeah, I feel like that was uh you you definitely lucked out in the draw there. I We're gonna have to do. Absolutely lucked out. Oh, <laughs> thank there's you. A, yeah, that's Kuma. We're definitely going to have to do uh, emergency food roulette again yes. uh, so that we can try some of these ration bars or and an you know MRE. what? There's some spice in it. I'm feeling some leftover spice in my mouth, which is a good. This is, I don't, I got to remember the brand. What was it called again? Yeah. Three Sisters? Or oh, was that, that was the name of what it was. Hold on. Let's get the. Oh, right there, MJ. Backpacker Pantry? Yeah. Back... Backpacker's Pantry. Backpacker's, Backpacker's pantry. pantry. So this might be a little bit uh, classier than some of the other ones. <laughs> like the, uh, But it was not bad. Yeah. Three I Sisters could definitely stew. eat that. And I would not be disappointed. No, yeah. I could eat that, too. And I'm a very picky eater. All right. So, so yeah, I think that's our show today, guys. We tried to keep it a little light. Next week, we will do uh, flood prep as our prepping segment for the day. But if you liked our podcast, definitely tell your friends. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook or on Twitter at Heating Up Pod or uh, by email at heatinguppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. Um,